Johnny Cage, Kenobu, Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya, Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Sebat, Stout, Shao Kahn, Fung, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quan, Shi, Shin, Oxo, Rina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blade, Doraicho, Dramin, Fosu's now, Tan, Kenshi, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Fungin, Takeda, Tribe, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character today. I have a very special guest, someone I've wanted to get on the show for a long time, a good buddy of mine, writer, Karen, Han. Karen, how are you? I'm so good because I'm on this podcast. Great. Good answer. Good energy. Is, is that really? smooth? <laughs> yeah, that was really smooth. Um, as I was telling you a minute ago, you're one of the most requested guests. We've got a lot of crossover in the Mortal Podcast and Karen community. Um, <laughs> my goal today is for you to just find a Mortal Kombat character you feel comfortable calling a Karen's boy. Uh, and I honestly already think I know who it's going to be, and I'm so yeah? confident you're going to feel that way. Yeah, but we'll see okay. once we once we really dig in. I love to hear that. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, too, about the character we're talking about today because she is a deep cut this is a character who has uh she was introduced in the most maligned uh mortal Kombat mythologies colon sub-zero which was a uh, like side-scrolling adventure action adventure game where you played as sub-zero it was not very fun to play it was kind of a prequel (laughs) to mortal Kombat 4 and Mm -hmm. it got like really deep into the narrative of Mortal Kombat. And she was like a supporting character in that game. So she has primarily appeared in live action cutscenes, like FMV cutscenes for PS1. FMV? Oh, no. And uh, has since been playable as a fighter, I believe only two times, (laughs) but has been cut out of like four different Mortal Kombat games at the last second. And wow. is often requested to the extent that like she still appears as an Easter egg in every Mortal Kombat game, no matter what. Why do people like her so much, even though she's only been in two games and one bad honest game? Answer, honest answer, she's one of the best stories in all of Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. So I, it's like solely a lore cut. Yes. It's like, she, you know, she's from one of the worst games and almost <laughs> all of her story is in that game. Okay. But <laughs> it's so unique and so strong compared to a lot of the other Mortal Kombat characters mm-hmm. um, that she's just, I think people just really like her. She also <laughs> looks really cool. Um, At but I'll what hold... point am I allowed to Google what she looks like? I'll let you Google her right now. Because the, okay. the listeners already know who we're talking about. It's Serena. Obviously. Oh, cool. Oh, she has a uh, Cruella DeVille hair. She's got Cruella DeVille hair, which is kind of like a thing for people from where she's from oh for Um, real 
Yeah, but uh, let's hold off on talking too much about Serena. I'm glad you have an image in your head. But before okay. we really dive in, just a couple of quick things I want to talk about is, first, Karen, what, what is your history with Mortal Kombat? Have you played many games? Are you uh, an MK fan? Have you seen the motion pictures? Are you looking forward to the new one? I have seen the old the motion picture where uh, the guy's like, for you, it was like the worst day of your life, but for me, it was Tuesday. I'm probably misquoting it, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. No. Uh, no? <laughs> Wait, is this not a Mortal Kombat movie? I don't know. Hang Maybe on. it is. If it is, it's a line <laughs> that somehow didn't stick with me. Um, uh, I'm I'm frantically googling. Oh no! I is was it Street totally Fighter wrong. the movie? It's Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> well, so <laughs> so that should give you a pretty clear idea cool. of what so my Mortal Kombat familiarity is. You're a huge MK fan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, yeah. I I don't think I've ever played a Mortal Kombat game. Like maybe once, like one match. Um, otherwise, my familiar my familiarity with the characters is like when they show up in super smash brothers do they show up no in never smash have brothers? never happened. okay then not you're that's, again oh, that's this is street, street fighter. fighter you're just <laughs> okay uh then i don't know them at all <laughs> <laughs> okay well great you know that's a great place to start what is your impression of mortal kombat to be clear mortal kombat's the one with the uh, the ice guy the ice ninja who's blue sub-zero sub-zero and and the scorp scorpion the yellow ninja so oh, it's that okay. one. It's the really violent one. I know um, now. I can picture one movie in my head because one a Korean actor was in it, and it, that was a big deal. If I'm thinking about a Street Fighter movie again, I'm going to uh, die. I really hope it's like, yeah, Kristen Kruick. <laughs> <laughs> From Legend of Chun-Li. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Uh, okay, well, I'll talk about something else while I'm frantically trying to Google this. Okay. okay. It definitely was not a Mortal Kombat movie. Was it a G.I. Joe movie? Oh, yeah. You're probably thinking of G.I. Joe because it's... Um, he ah, has, like, shit, a white what's his name? He plays Storm Shadow. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly uh, who I'm talking about. I know yeah, who you're it. talking about. He's great. Um, and he is absolutely <laughs> Korean. Yeah. Lee yeah. Byung-hun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. G.I. Joe. So not Mortal Kombat again. <laughs> um, <laughs> what were we talking okay. about? We were talking about your familiarity with Mortal Kombat, and I think it's clear now the answer is none. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mortal Kombat so is to the give you just him like game, a, right? It's the it's the finish. I know game. the theme song. Yes, <laughs> uh, great. That's a good start, and you know Sub Zero, and that I think that's it. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll give you. I'm gonna give you the the briefest canvas I can of just like what Mortal Kombat okay. is. So the the whole like idea with Mortal Kombat is that there are many realms, there are many dimensions, and Earth realm is just one of them. Um, but there are hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of dimensions. There's this dimension called Outworld that is like a wasteland run by this Mad Max looking guy named Shao Kahn. There is this realm called Edenia, which is just hot wizards, pretty much. There's this realm called the Nether Realm, which is basically if hell was a dimension, um, Event Horizon style. <laughs> there's uh, there's all sorts of realms, and then Earth Realm is just like you know there's not really magic necessarily. This mm -hmm. is just like where we live, right? But there are, every once in a while, the magic people come here. Got it. And the idea with the tournaments is that um, all of these realms 
are not supposed to interact with each other. Oh. But they are capable of interacting with each other, and they are capable of merging with each other. Like, one person could, in theory, conquer another realm and merge it with their realm. Whoa. So, like, if Outworld conquered us, they could turn our world into a dystopian wasteland, which is somehow different from the one we're in now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the deeper lore behind all that is that all these different realms are just fractions of a god who was murdered by a pantheon of other gods. Um, and really, the reason the realms want to merge is because he wants to reassemble himself. But that, that doesn't really matter. So, th- theoretically, <laughs> if all the realms merged, then the god would come back? Yeah, and we would just return to being a piece of the energy of the one being. Um, so it's like one of those kinds of games. Okay. And so, okay. <laughs> and so the, the, the Mortal Kombat tournaments that the games originally were about were the way that the gods... Uh, it was like the stipulation the gods had for the realms to merge. It was like you had to beat another realm in 10 of these tournaments in a row. And characters like Raiden, who you might recognize, the lightning guy with the hat... Uh, is he the one with like a ninja mask? No, but there are, there's plenty of those guys. Uh, um, <laughs> this is just gonna be another Street Fighter guy. Yeah. No, I I mean maybe. Yeah, Zangief. I think you're. I'm thinking about like Scorpion. Yes. Yeah. No. 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 Raiden. Raiden's just a. He's a a guy with like lightning powers. But basically, there are like gods in this world as well. Each realm kind of has its own god whose job is to protect that realm and like be our coach. And those are the guys who come Mortal fight? Mortal Kombat oh, tournaments. Oh, coaches. No, yeah, they like round up the guys who okay. fight. So like Raiden is like our protector god. Okay. And he'll like round up guys like Sub-Zero and Scorpion and Liu Kang. And, and they live all here? All these iconic Mortal Kombat characters. Yeah, he'll round them up and be like, I need you all to help me fight in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, to defend Earth so, so that we don't get merged with like another realm. Okay. I was sort of thinking that the characters in Mortal Kombat like had some sort of special power, but because they're on Earth realm, that means that they're just very strong. Yeah. So like most of them who are from Earth realm don't have special powers, mm-hmm. or if they do, they kind of got like retconned in later. <laughs> like one of the Earth realm fighters is uh, our biggest action movie star, Johnny Cage. Like he just, mm-hmm. while doing movies, is told like, hey, you need to fight in this this fighting tournament or earth will get conquered. He, he winds up involved in that tournament. It's also just like a cop. Um, hmm, cab. Yeah. Oh, everyone hates him. He's the oh, worst good. Uh, okay. striker. Yeah. But, um, but traditionally there, there wouldn't be characters with magic. So there's kind of a reason behind that. Like, like sub zero who has ice magic, obviously. Right. He is actually a descendant of people from another realm, like where people had ice powers oh. that had come as immigrants to earth realm thousands of years wow. ago. Wow. Okay. So like, there's usually a reason like Scorpion has like fire powers and like a skull. And that's because he dies at some point oh. and goes down to the nether realm and is then sent back here as like an undead revenant so everyone's kind of got it if they have magic there's usually like a story behind why okay and um serena who we will be talking about today mm-hmm. is actually just a normal person from nether realm she's just a person who was born and raised in essentially hell because it's just a dimension it's like you don't have to die and sin and then go there right. it's just like a it's fire planet it's just like a place where people live okay. yeah um, so she's actually a demon. Oh. Uh, a hideous, grotesque demon. And the form that you saw when you Googled is just her hot lady form mm-hmm. that she got um, when a, a necromancer used magic to give her that human form. So that's kind of your your background of like what 
Mortal Kombat is. Okay. In in the first game and the second game, it really is like you're playing through a fighting tournament mm-hmm. to defend Earthrealm. Um, as the games went on, the narrative got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was like, well, no, you're just playing as characters in like a war between mm-hmm. dimensions, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like the third game, they were like, there's cyborgs and there's centaurs. And, centaurs? Uh, yeah, there's centaurs. There's a realm of centaurs. What? And they get, they get, their realm gets merged into Outworld. And then also this realm of half man, half dragon people <gasps> gets merged into Outworld. Wow. And their tribes have like a rivalry over like hundreds of years wow. in Outworld. And it's not either of their homes. <laughs> there's a dinosaur realm. <laughs> Dinosaur, dinosaur people, and it used to be Earth. Earth used to be dinosaur people, and they all fled into another realm. Oh, so that's their, their realm, explanation. They came back for the dinosaurs mm-hmm. going extinct. Yes. Wow. The gods went to war, and yeah. Um, I think the last thing you really need to know to understand stuff we're going to talk about today is that uh, there, the like way the, the order of things is like there was the one being. The one being created the Elder Gods mm-hmm. as like the pantheon that would help create reality. But then they turned on the one being and hacked him up and turned him into the dimensions. Why did they turn on him? They wanted to be in control. Okay, sure. But the was typical he like inherently shit. bad or anything? It was just like, no. Mm, it was time. No. Okay. Yeah. And then um, it's just like very Greek myth stuff. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just like, yeah, we want to be in control. <laughs> and then the Elder Gods created these sort of sub-gods they're basically demigods, but you call you just call them gods mm-hmm. in in Mortal Kombat, and gave like one to each realm mm-hmm. as like a you're in charge. You protect this realm, you protect that realm. So, uh, the god of the Nether Realm is Lucifer, of course. Yeah, um, and uh, what does he look like in the game? I think well, no one actually knows because he was only like casually mentioned one time oh. and everyone just had to accept that this was a part of Mortal Kombat lore. Okay. But there's no like picture of him anymore. Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and the only other thing you need to know is there was once like a civil war among the Elder Gods, this one guy, Shinnok, who ironically was kind of the Lucifer of the Elder Gods. Um, he wound up getting banished to the Netherrealm. Damn, okay. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of everything you need to like know before we jump in, jump in to Serena's story. So, like, even though it's um, like a normal realm, technically, the gods still use it as a kind of hell. Um, not really. I think it's more that like the people that naturally are born and raised in this place are a mix of like oni and um other types of demons and necromancers mm-hmm. and people that have that kind of magic so for them claiming souls or binding souls or reforming souls as like undead revenants in the nether realm is just kind of like a form of currency and a form of life for them okay it's like a soul has no purpose on earth you you have a corporeal form here and then your soul kind of would generally go to heaven mm-hmm. <laughs> But necromancers are always kind of up here wheeling and dealing to get souls to go down the nether realm instead so okay. they can like do magic with them. Yeah. All right. It's like one of those kinds you, of things. You know. Yeah. Everyone's had um, one. Yeah. But before we really get into Serena's story and take a dive into the nether realm, uh, each season of Mortal Podcast has a theme. A theme that's based on uh, a, a quality that all of the characters introduced that season have in common. So this is season four of Mortal Podcast, and we're talking about the characters who are introduced in and around Mortal Kombat 4. 
Um, I was looking at the characters. There's kind of one theme that immediately presented itself that uh, is a big part of all of their lives. And that theme is betrayal. So I have a prompt. Yeah. Um, So I have a prompt for you, Karen. And that prompt is, has there been a time in your life that you have been betrayed? Um. Yeah, but like not in a fun anecdotal way, <laughs> you know. I mean, listen, it's not all fun and games here on Mortal Podcast. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta get real. Sometimes life is hard. <laughs> Do you but like, if you have a more question? minor betrayal story, um, yeah, I could probably come up with one. <laughs> I'll do I'll do my share and then I'll give you some time to think about whether you're you want to share yours or if you've got a smaller story of betrayal you can share. I'm I'm desperately trying to think of a smaller betrayal that I've yeah, experienced. In, in uh in 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 middle school, I uh I had this uh really close friend of mine that I had a really big crush on, as <gasps> teen as teen boys are wont to do. Mm-hmm. And uh I also had uh, another friend in my class who had been my like arch enemy for like three or four years. Oh no. Yeah. And um, so I knew that this friend I had did not reciprocate my feelings. So Mm -hmm. it was not like a thing between us. We just stayed friends. Um, And then there was like this school dance coming up and Mm -hmm. I was like, well, ask her if she wants to go as friends because it'll still be fun. She's still like my best friend at school. Right. So I asked her out. And, uh, she instantly said, no, she did not want to go with me. And then for reasons that I'll never know that still bother me to this day, the very next day. So my like arch enemy in this class lived like around the corner from me. The very next day I hear a knock on my front door. This is like a Sunday afternoon and I open the door and it is my arch enemy and this girl who was like my best friend that I had a crush on holding hands and they weren't (gasps) dating or anything. They literally just showed up to make me feel bad. Wait, what? Yeah. And then they just stood there and they were like, Hey, and I was like, hi, what's up? Uh, I don't really like you, Robbie. What are you doing here? (laughs) And, (laughs) and they were like, we just wanted to stop by to say hi. Cause we were walking around and I was like, okay, cool. Bye. And then they left. That's so mean. And it was just, and it was so transparently just to make me feel bad. And it was a betrayal with no real purpose. And then she tried to go back to just like being my friend the next no, day. And I was like, no, no I'm no, done no, with no. you. <laughs> that's so mean spirited. Yeah. And that's a betrayal story that uh, sticks with me. Wounds run deep. Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. All right. It's your turn, Karen. What have your other prompts been? Have you asked every person on the season four the same question? What's I have. Biggest pre- <gasps> Yeah. Um, Shea Serrano's story of betrayal was also uh, about a girl when he was a teen. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I also, I guess I have like a crush betrayal story. It's like yeah. not super interesting, but it's very, I guess, typical for me. Um, there's a boy I had a crush on in college. I've also told the story on uh, my friend Rebecca Bolna's, uh podcast, Classroom sure. Crush, which you should listen to because it's all about those good, good crushes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I had a crush on this boy in college um, who was doing the musical with me that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which musical? Because a 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Perfect. Of course. <laughs> uh, 
I just know that I got cast as the one uh, black man part because they didn't have anybody else who could do riffs. And like, that's what the casting process was. It was really weird. I feel like Um, you've got to have a better reason than that if you're going to make that choice. (laughs) I think so, too. But they did not. um, Similar to many high school productions that have tried to uh, cast uh, racially appropriately. Oh, yeah. Um, In South Florida, I definitely knew of a high school that tried to do hairspray with a like 99% white cast. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Not cool. <laughs> no, it's not great. No. Even like even like when you're in high school, you're like, I wonder if this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was in the twenty fifth annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Uh and I had a crush on one of the other boys in the cast. Um, because he did musical theater and he played banjo and I thought he was cool at the time. Uh, and then we went on like a couple of what I thought were dates. And at the end of one of them, he was like, I feel so at home when I'm with you. And I was like, that is a flirt. That's a flirt. Yes. That for sure is a flirt. Um, and then basically like a week to two weeks later, he started dating a different girl. (laughs) Wow. It seemed like he was a real Quan Chi, which is something that'll make sense to you in just a little bit. I'm so excited. He was a real Quan Chi. <laughs> yeah. I'll have you know, by the way, that uh, Kumail Nanjiani's story of betrayal was a, a board game. That was his, <laughs> someone a time someone betrayed him during a board game. I will say that when you said the word betrayal, the my mind did immediately jump to betrayal at House on Haunted Hill or whatever that uh, house game is called. House on the Hill? Yeah, one of the best. I love betrayal that game at the so House much. on the Hill. It's yes. so good. It's the best. Yeah. Have you played the Legacy version yet? No, uh, I either we own it or somebody we know owns it, um, mm. and have have been trying to like set that up. But like, I have never successfully been part of a ongoing tabletop campaign. So same, same. Yeah, it's I, hard. Uh, my uh, my writing partner got me a copy of Gloomhaven, the board <gasps> game, for my birthday as kind uh-huh. of a prank on my wife because <laughs> it is like a 40-pound box and it takes it's like an huge. hour to set it up and it is yeah. a legacy game and we're trapped in the house together and I, of course I want to play it. Right. And ha- and feel obligated to because he spent like $150 on it. It's expensive. Board games are expensive. Yeah, and he's a stingy guy. I have no idea what was going through his mind. Oh. Chris Amick is a psychopath. That's the but, opposite uh, of a betrayal. It is. It's a retrail. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he he um he maybe betrayed uh, Kirby, my wife, in this case. But um, <laughs> yeah, it uh, we've gotten through like two of the like 100 missions. And I'm like, I'm never in my life getting through this campaign. It's, not gonna, it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> Fun game though. It's a good time. I believe I haven't played it. I want to. I've yeah. seen the box just lying around, and I'm like, I would like to play that game. But yeah, no dice, no no DJ. It takes a lot. Uh, but yeah, you know, let's, let's just, let's dig in. I think it's time. It's time to get it. It's time for Serena. It's her time <laughs> to shine. <laughs> yeah. So let's take a trip. Let's take a trip down to the nether realm or over to it. I don't know how one travels generally in the, on the physical plane to different realms. Is but, that uh, never explained? Well, there's a lot of portal, portal stuff. So I don't know okay. if there's any way other than portals. And I guess they do say kind of the nether realm has a bunch of different planes which sound kind of like the layers of hell, like Dante's Inferno style. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's a downward trend. <laughs> um, but uh, regardless, as I said before, Serena is a hideous demon born and raised in the nether realm, a land of betrayal and fire and screaming and demons ruled over 
by uh, a god named Lucifer. Um, but she's not really like everyone else, only in that she doesn't take pleasure in, in giving creating pain for other people. She just kind of does it because that is life right. in, in the Neth. Um, <laughs> as we call it. <laughs> yeah, in the Neth. And so, as I said earlier, uh, this elder god had been banished to a life of eternal torture in the nether realm and uh so lucifer had been torturing this guy shinnok for a long long time Mm -hmm. and uh i don't even know that serena knew this was happening because it had nothing to do with her life in the nether realm Mm -hmm. until the day that uh this necromancer named quan chi uh helped betray lucifer with Shinnok's help in order to free Shinnok and allow mm-hmm. Shinnok to conquer the Nether Realm himself. Oh. So there was uh yeah, so there's like a changing of the guard. Shinnok became the new god of the Nether Realm. Um and Quan Chi became his and this is his real title as far as the games go, he became his arch sorcerer. Tight. Yeah. <laughs> it's tight. Um <laughs> So one day Quan Chi comes up to Serena and says from now on, and you're like my... everyone in the nether realm is like cool with that. Mm. Actually, I would say no, because mm-hmm. canonically, what happened shortly after that is that Quan Chi and Shinnok began a cult in the nether realm called the Brotherhood of Shadow, and they mm. were sort of like death and chaos worshiping demons. And mm. not everyone was a part of the Brotherhood of Shadow, right. but slowly but surely, everyone was kind of conscripted into being a part of the Brotherhood. <sighs> okay. Um, Including Serena. One day, mm-hmm. Quan Chi walked up to her and said, like, you're my bodyguard now. You're going to be an assassin and a bodyguard for me um, alongside these other two demons named Kia and Jataka. Mm-hmm. And for reasons unknown other than maybe he was a perv, it's never really clear. He made them all, he gave them all the form of hot babes. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be yeah. my follow-up question where I was like, does she need to be a person shape and the answer apparently is no no it's a no it's absolutely a no <laughs> it's a hard no <laughs> yeah if, if i had to come up with a reason it would have to do with what happens next maybe okay. he thought this would be advantageous so specifically he says to serena and the guards you need to protect me from this guy named sub-zero sub-zero is a human ninja from earth realm he's coming to get revenge for something doesn't matter i just need you to protect me from him understood Mm -hmm. and they were like understood (laughs) so yeah it's 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 possible he gave them hot babe forms as a distraction you know trying to like human guy yes um that's that would be the best guess i have and i guess there's some law there's some logic to that that's the best faith argument. <laughs> yes, that's the best faith argument I can make for evil backstabbing necromancer Quan Chi, yeah. who I guess doesn't really need a, much of a good. He needs no argument on his behalf. I think he he's yeah. a piece of shit. That's why he made them hot babes. So, so, so uh, of course, Serena and Kia and Jataka they kind of fan out through the Nether Realm and start looking for like intel on where sub-zero might be knowing that Mm -hmm. he's a ninja and he's probably plotting a sneaky stealth assassination like he's Uh not gonna just like walk up and be like yo is quan chi home i'm here to murder him right (laughs) (laughs) so uh the three of them actually do wind up finding sub-zero whose real name is bihan this will be 
uh, important later on. Okay. So they find Bihan um, and they fight him. And he actually manages to best Serena in single combat. Um, but despite that, he spares her life. Mm-hmm. And this act makes Serena question literally everything that she has ever believed <laughs> because right. she's from the nether realm and that's just mm-hmm. not how it works here you get yeah. into a fight with someone you eviscerate their soul mm-hmm. that's just like the law of the land mm-hmm. and then this guy shows up and he doesn't kill her and when she's like why didn't you take my life he's like i'm not here to kill you i'm here specifically to assassinate Quan Chi. you're just doing your job i'm just doing my job dang and this like blows her mind <laughs> And in addition to saying like, whoa, this person has like mercy and empathy, I that's mm-hmm. not a concept in my mind. She's like, I also am pretty sure he would be able to take Quan Chi in a fight. Mm-hmm. I, I do not see a reason for me to align myself with Quan Chi. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, fair, honestly. Yeah. So instantly she's like, I'm, I'm with you. What do you want to do? Like, let's wow. take Quan Chi down. Just like on the spot? Yeah. Dang, nice. uh, I actually I think she kind of like disappeared I think she was like okay she stunned and let him walk bit. away yeah mm-hmm. and then I think she went back to Quan Chi's uh, lair and when she saw Sub-Zero enter she helped him defeat Quan Chi okay what happened to the other two demons I'm pretty sure Sub-Zero killed them okay yeah and I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't really give him like a choice in the matter Okay, sure. And they're not yeah. all like three friendly or anything, so it's not a big deal that he killed them. I, I don't think Serena had ever had a friend. Okay. Yeah. Until I don't think that's now. how it works either. Honestly, yeah, this is the closest she'd ever gotten to having a friend. Mm. And so she helps Sub-Zero defeat Quan Chi, and then Sub-Zero is about to leave. It turned out basically that Quan Chi had had Sub-Zero go steal like this amulet for him mm-hmm. only for Sub-Zero to realize shortly after that Quan Chi had tricked him and that the amulet was like the key to freeing Shinnok and destroying Earthrealm oh, where obviously no. Sub-Zero is from. So yeah. he literally came down to the nether realm to be like, no, no motherfucker. I'm getting that amulet back. <laughs> um, so she helped him do that and he got the amulet back. Um, but, just as she was saying to him, hey, listen, take me with you. I don't mm-hmm. want to live here anymore. I want to live in a place where people have mercy and have empathy. Yeah. That makes much more sense to me. Um, and Sub-Zero was like, I'll take you with me, okay. <gasps> and then she got blasted in the back <gasps> with dark energy and died in his arms. No. Yeah. By who? Shinnok. No. Shinnok was free. Shinnok was in the nether realm. Right, no he one came was thinking to about Shinnok. Shinnok. They're yeah, all he thinking c- about Quan Chi. Mm-hmm. And he came to see, like, Quan Chi, did you get me that amulet? Are we ready to go? And then he sees Quan Chi uh, unconscious on the ground and uh, Sub-Zero there ready to, like, leave in a portal. And he sees this guy holding his medallion and yeah. he sees this demon who clearly betrayed him. So he, he killed her. Damn. Or did he? <gasps> we find out shortly after this that it was only her human form that was destroyed okay her demon form was plunged with this blast of dark energy deep into the fifth plane of the nether realm Uh, how many are there i don't know and i can only assume five is worse than whichever one they were on (laughs) (laughs) right 
There's not anytime the planes are mentioned, it's like all the way down to the X plane of the mm. nether realm. So you're like, I guess it I guess they like get worse. <laughs> Just like contextually to context yeah. clues, it's like it seems like it would be bad. It's hard to wrap your head around because it's like, well, aren't all these different realms like different planes of existence? What are me- different planes within this plane? Yeah. It's some really trippy shit. What are the rules? There's not really a rule about these <laughs> nether realm planes. So I think you, I guess one has to imagine that she was in a place that just looked like hell and then was <laughs> cast into a place that was like hard to even imagine the things you were seeing or feeling. Okay. Maybe you have to look at it in like a Lovecraftian sense where it was like, there was a hell you could understand where it was like, boy, I'm walking around a hot place full of fire and everyone looks like a demon. And then it was like, I'm in a place where I only know pain. There is nothing that's real or not real. Mm -hmm. There's there's an eighth dimension and um, everything hurts. Real, I have no mouth, but I must scream. Yeah, I think it was one of those. Except I guess she had a mouth and looked like a demon and was probably screaming (laughs) a lot. (laughs) So for betraying Shinnok, Serena suffers years of torment. (gasps) Oh, no. Really shitty. Until one day she is able to see the form of Quan Chi running past. Whoa. And recognizing his visage, she moves in his direction i'm trying to imagine this as like not really like walking around you Mm -hmm. know she's squirming through an interdimensional thing it's hard to Mm -hmm. imagine she's she's squirming through dimension juice (laughs) after quan chi a refreshing a refreshing glass of dimension juice a a refreshing reflecting glass of interdimensional dark energy juice and she (laughs) sees quan chi go through a portal and she follows him through that portal Mm-hmm. And holy shit, she winds up in another realm entirely. Oh no. But it's not Earth Realm. It's Outworld. A sort of ancient dystopian wasteland mishmash of hundreds of different cultures because it's a really massive realm that has already merged with hundreds of other realms up to this point mm-hmm. in the story. So there's like a. This real... is the, the dinosaurs versus. Or no, the centaurs versus half. All of that. Dragon you got people? dinosaurs. Okay. You got vampires. You got centaurs. You got uh, dragon people. You got <laughs> actual dragons, maybe. Um, Whoa. It's just yeah. everybody. The party is all here. Yeah. And they're all like conquered by this like a Morton Joe type dude. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So she shows up and winds up uh, in Outworld as this like horrific looking demon still. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people in Outworld are primarily humanoid. There are monsters there, um, but even they are kind of humanoid looking. So she realizes that being in another realm, kind of like Superman and Man of Steel being like, on Earth, I can fly because the gravity is different. Mm-hmm. She's like, in Outworld, because it's the energy is different from the nether realm, I can kind of harness the energy around me and give myself a hot babe form. So that, <laughs> so that I can... Knows. It's the version of herself she, I think, at this point, psychologically prefers because mm-hmm. she felt seen as this oh, form of herself. Right. That's by when Sub-Zero. Bihan saw her. Like exactly. That. Yeah. Okay. So she's exploring this old land, and out of nowhere, who does she see in Outworld but Sub-Zero? <gasps> 
She runs up to him. She sees him in his blue ninja outfit. She's like, you're yeah. here, you're here. And when she gets there, he takes off his mask, and it's a younger-looking guy with a scar across his eye. And he says, I'm not Bihan. Oh. I'm his younger brother, Kwai Lang. And Serena's like, what? What? Where's Bihan? Do you is he here? Is he okay? And he goes, Bihan died. No. Shortly shortly after you met him, he went no. to this he went to this thing called the Mortal Kombat tournament. Um <laughs> and um no. Yeah, and a and rival ninja, a rival ninja from another clan, this guy named Scorpion actually oh, killed him. Oh no. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> and um I don't know how long you think it's been, but that was years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um that said, Kwai Lang is a very different man from his older brother. Bihan was actually like a pretty cold-blooded guy. I think a lot of what Serena took from her encounter with him was was projecting. I think she saw something in him, actually, that a lot of people did not mm-hmm. ever get to see. Beyond's reputation was that he was a cold-blooded assassin. He was like Jason Bourne before being, like, unactivated. Like, <laughs> okay. he was just a murderer. He didn't care who he killed. Man, woman, child. It was like if he got a job from... I mean, th- that this ninja cult, the, the Lin Kuei that he was a part of, Mm-hmm. They were a cult, like full stop. Mm. They worshipped the Grandmaster. They did whatever he said. And that's why he was like, go get a medallion for a necromancer. Okay. No questions right. asked. Um so everybody knows go get a go get an amulet for a ne- necromancer is huge red flag. It's a, just a mat you never want to get an amulet for a necromancer. Uh-uh. No. It's just not gonna end well. Mm. Yeah. So but I think like she comes to Kwai Lang and she's like, your older brother was like the only friend I ever had. Like he really saw something in me. Like he gave me a reason to live. Mm-hmm. And I think Kwai Lang is really touched by that because he's like maybe the only other person who ever saw anything like that in his brother. Right. And and actually since his brother died, he has overthrown the Grandmaster, taken over the Lin Kuei himself and tried to reform it to be Aww. a more like positive force in the world. Still assassins. Good for him. Right. Yeah, but like, but like, good assassins, and he right. also uh, moved them to the Arctic, which is just fun. <laughs> In honor of Sub Zero. <laughs> yeah, he also has cryomancer powers, but it's kind of just huh. the two of them because they're descendants of like right. cryomancers. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he says to Serena, um, "Because you were a friend of my brother's, I will offer you the protection forever of the Lin Kuei." Nice. And in, and in fact, I'm giving you this tool, this like little metal device of some kind that will give you permanent access forever to our uh, hidden temple in the Arctic, and it will keep Whoa. you safe anytime you need to be kept safe. It will allow you access. It's very hidden. People don't know where the Lin Kuei are for safety reasons, and I'm going to give it mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> for safety reasons? Yeah. You know, they'd get slaughtered. Is it like a compass or a key or something? I think it's like, if it's not, I think it's like a key. I don't think it's a teleportation thing. I think he like gives her the address of the Arctic. <laughs> okay, that was going to be my like, because I was like, how does she get there then? Okay. Yeah, I think he's like, here's the coordinates, and like, if you put this little metal ball into like an iceberg, a door will slide open. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I love when that happens when you put something into an iceberg and the big ice door slides open. It's one of my favorite tropes in all of yeah. storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I try to get a small orb put into an iceberg <laughs> that opens up into a doorway into everything I write. Yeah. You can keep see it, it in Final Space. You can see it in Kipo. You can see, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little uh, Ben Meckler Easter egg. It is, yeah. For you Meckler heads out there. Real talk, there is one thing that's in everything I've written, and it's the name Porcelain. There's always a character named Porcelain. Porcelain? That's yes. pretty good. Yeah, and it has been Betsy Sodaro before, and it is uh, she was the first Porcelain in Adult Aww. Swim's The Salad Mixer, and it, I'm dedicated yeah. to making sure she's also the last Porcelain. Oh, that's um, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to quit writing once I can make it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so... so uh, this is kind of the, the setup that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, young Sub-Zero is like, you will always be an ally of the Lin Kuei. And in, and in return, Serena says, and having no like distinct mission in my life, I will dedicate the rest of my life to protecting the Lin Kuei. Okay. And they kind of just like form like a little friendship that day. Seems like the best possible outcome. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, this is Mortal Kombat. There's a lot of strife right. left for these characters to go through. So... One day, Serena's hanging out at Lin Kuei headquarters. Sub-Zero's there, too. Uh, he's probably training some some ninjas. And all of a sudden, the place gets attacked. Oh, no. Um, yeah, specifically by this, like, jet black ethereal demon named Noob Sabot and uh, a cyborg named Smoke who are working together. Um... And this is all conveyed in FMV? Oh, this is like five or six games in. So by this time we were getting okay, to like... Okay, okay. Yeah, Serena's FMV stuff has ended now. And okay. we're getting into when she has re-entered the storyline through like Easter eggs that I will be stringing together for the rest of this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the cyborg shows up with smoke powers and this demon who can like kind of teleport around and uh sub-zero kind of calls out for uh serena i recognize these two and serena's like how and he goes unfortunately uh smoke is my best friend there is a there's a very tragic history for the lin kuei where uh the grandmaster before i overthrew him turned everyone into mindless cyborgs and my best friend was one of the ones that got turned into a cyborg and i've actually been looking for him for years um and that demon noob sabot that's bihan (gasps) quan chi claimed his soul and turned him into an undead servant and he's been he's been a being of pure evil ever since and now sometime later my best friend and my brother have teamed up to try to conquer the Lin Kuei and take it away from me uh, in the name of evil, evil to create an army of cyber demons. No. Yeah. Damn. And Damn. so Noob says, I, they, they managed to fight against Noob Sabot. They managed to fight against Smoke. But the two of them uh, whisked themselves away to the nether realm and are like, we will come back. This mm-hmm. isn't finished. <laughs> sure. And Sub Zero says, "I have to do. I have to finish him. I have to finish this. <laughs> I have to finish him. I have to finish this myself." <laughs> Serena, stay here. It's not safe for you. I'm going to the Nether Realm, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to try to save my brother's soul. Wow. And so he goes to the Nether Realm, 
Um, and Serena doesn't listen. She follows <laughs> him there. She's got to Be- go. She's got to see Bihan. She has to save Bihan and she has to save Kwai Lang, this other brother. She has strong yeah. feelings for both of these brothers now. Okay, yeah. And she she has to protect. And so she... <laughs> <laughs> she attack in order to protect. She attack in order to protect. Mm-hmm. And so she follows Kwai Lang into the nether realm. And by the time she gets there, what she sees is Kwai Lang getting beaten bloody by no. Noob Saibot. Yeah. He's absolutely destroying his younger brother. He doesn't care. He wants to kill him. he doesn't know, yeah. He only lives for evil now. And uh, Serena Serena jumps in the way and stops Noob Sabot from landing a killing blow on Kwai Lang um, and manages to repel Noob Sabot before he destroys Kwai Lang. But unfortunately, in doing so, her human form is once again destroyed. She's I no longer able to sap Outworld's energy. Mm-hmm. And she's reverted back to her demonic form. Mm-hmm. But of course, embarrassed by this, she never told Kwai Lang that she was a demon, that she oh, looked like this. Yeah. And when he comes to, he sees her and doesn't recognize her. Oh, no. And so Kwai Lang immediately attacks, thinking no. it's yet another demon who's trying to destroy her, destroy him. And so poor Serena has no choice but to flee deeper oh. into the nether realm. She doesn't try to explain. She tries, but oh. he's kind of unconscious. He's in a realm he doesn't understand. Yeah. And there's a demon in front of him saying, no, that's I'm fair. Serena. Don't fight me. Like, what's he going to believe, this creature? That's he has no fair. reason to believe that's what she looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's forced to flee deep into the nether realm. And once she does, she is almost instantly jumped by Quan Chi and Noob Sabot. Quan Chi. Fucking hate, I hate this, this guy. guy. The worst. Seriously. When will they, he die? Uh, yeah, we got a little time. <laughs> <laughs> so Quan Chi and Noob Saibot beat Serena up. And what they demand is that she hand over the tool that allows them access to the Lin Kuei no. Temple. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because well, if they, they can come attack it without it, then why do they need it? I think because if they can access like the interior of it, there's no stopping them. I imagine this fight earlier happened like in their outside okay, iceberg sure. area. Yeah. The the outdoor iceberg. Yeah. Maybe it's like they'll be more able to commit sabotage with this particular entrance. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Serena refuses, of course, but using dark magic um, and negging, Quan Chi tells her, <laughs> you'll never be good wow, no matter how he hard really you try. Is the worst. He really is. He puts on a loud hat and he says, you'll always be a demon. Um, and then he does like a card trick or something. <laughs> uh, but he begs poor Serena. And, um, yeah, they, 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 they're literally just blasting her with dark magic and trying to brainwash her and saying, no matter what you do, you'll always be a demon. You'll always be a part of the nether realm. This is where you belong and this is what you deserve. Serena. Yeah. And so Serena returns to serving Quan Chi alongside, alongside Kia and Jataka. Oh, they're alive. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I guess they're alive. And, um, (laughs) you're never going to hear their names again. Don't worry about it. And, uh, And um, he, she hands over the tool, and 
she just gives up. It's Aww. sad. And um, so Serena, Kia, Jataka, they accompany Quan Chi, now that they're his personal guard again, on an errand to visit this techno cult called the Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at Earthrealm. I don't really... Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in Earthrealm. She goes to visit them uh, because Quan Chi is dealing with them in some way. I think he's working with them to engineer uh, genetically recreated dragons um and like cyber dragon warriors that will help them win (laughs) this is one of the goofiest things i love it Uh, i I guess the name kind of does imply that there's some dragon shenaniganery going on they're dragon dudes they're like they're honestly they're like if if mercenary if if blackwater in america (laughs) if like a mercenary group like blackwater decided what if we pulled the strings and got into like black magic and like <laughs> what it, and like artificial intelligence and somehow worked backwards into dude what if we brought back dragons uh. and turned them into cyborgs we could control that's terrifying yeah so Quan Chi of course is dealing with them and is like yeah totally i want to help you make this army and then uh, the reason that he's getting involved in like all these groups with all these like potential armies is that there is this impending um, apocalyptic battle that everyone is kind of starting to learn about, the Battle of mm-hmm. Armageddon. It was known in prophecy for thousands of years that eventually um, there would be too many warriors who were too powerful, who were just like <laughs> messing with the realms, going back and forth between them. Basically, mm-hmm. they'd make too many Mortal Kombat games. Mortal Kombat is upsetting its own balance. Yes. Um, eventually, Basically, they made too would... many games. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly what had happened. Um, That's too funny. So, yeah. Uh, so, eventually, he there would have to be this big battle that would be between the forces of darkness and the forces of light. And it would be at the base of this pyramid that would emerge from this desert in Outworld. What? Yeah, and at the top of the pyramid would be this being of pure fire, and whoever makes it to the top of this pyramid is going to be able to defeat the being of fire, absorb its power, and basically become the one being and restart all of time and space. What? It's it's not important. Don't get bogged it's down in the mechanics. Important. It's not important for Serena. The okay. mechanics don't matter. What's important <laughs> is that there's this impending war between light and dark, uh, and... Quan Chi is trying to like hedge his bets so that he will be able to make it to the top of this pyramid and absorb the power of the one being because he's a real power guy. Yeah. yeah. While they're ha- hanging out at this, uh, I think at this point, like Kia, Jataka, and Serena are hanging out like outside of the Red Dragon's headquarters mm-hmm. and they're just like bumming around. And this guy named Taven shows up. Taven is uh, a demigod from Edenia. So he's like not a god. He's like the level below god, which mm-hmm. is below uh, which is below elder god. <laughs> so he's a demigod, um, and he wants That's to stop. That's the kind of guy who where there's just one per earth realm. And they, no, this is even smaller oh. than that. This is okay. a guy who is the son of one of the people assigned to protect <laughs> the realm okay. of Adenia. Yeah. So he's one level below that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's like a a baby level god. Okay. So um, he he specifically has been like cryogenically frozen until this prophecy came to life so that he could mm-hmm. fight in the prophecy. It was like a Cain and Abel thing going on. Um, and so he and his brother got unfrozen. Anyway, Taven shows up here at the Red Dragon headquarters because he's like, I'm the good brother and I don't want you making dragons. 
And what so was his Quan, brother's name? Uh, Dagon. Of course. Yeah, this was like 2005, so. Tagon, Dagon, yeah. Taven and Dagon are like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Taven is like, I'm here to stop you doing all this dragon shit. And Quan Chi <laughs> says, bodyguards, go kill him. Mm-hmm. And he fights them. And uh, not unlike what happened with Sub-Zero, he winds up killing Kia and Jataka, but knocking Serena unconscious, which frees her from Quan Chi's control. <gasps> Ooh. He spares her life, seeing that she meant him no harm. And with her mind free at last, she realizes that she can now return to Kwai Lang and protect him mm-hmm. because it's the only thing that she cares about is like, this guy has been out there without me. He doesn't know that there's an apocalyptic battle coming and I have to help him. Yeah. And so she returns to, to Kwai Lang and in this apocalyptic battle at the end of time, Serena, a demon who was never meant to be anything else, fights alongside the forces of light. Aww. And she she gives her life in this battle as literally everyone else, including Kwai Lang and Bihan and Quan Chi does. Does everyone die? Everyone dies. But... And there are still games after that? Yeah, I'll explain in a second. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but Serena goes down fighting for the good guys against Quan Chi, against good for her. Shinnok, against the forces of evil. Good for her. Yes. Unfortunately, what happened was... The person who got to the top of the pyramid and absorbed the power of uh, Blaze, this fire demon, um, was Shao Kahn, that bad emperor, the Immortan Joe guy. Uh-huh. He's the guy who, who pulled this off and was about to absorb the powers of the one being. And uh, Raiden, who was the god who was protecting Earthrealm, who's like the prototypical good guy god the across man. the franchise. Yeah, the hat man. Um, he uh, has no recourse but to send a message back in time to his younger self. <laughs> um classic i love that to fix the timeline and so what you get is like a star trek reboot style thing where we go back to the first mortal Kombat game Mm -hmm. but now young raiden is trying to decipher uh, back to like this was around when bihan died at that fighting tournament so is that specific (laughs) tournament um and raiden uh gets like a kind of hard to decipher message from his older self and so (laughs) You basically get like a new timeline where because Raiden starts making different decisions, it creates a butterfly effect that affects sure. every single person's life. So you get um, new games. So you get new games that take place at the same time as the old games and riff on what you already knew happened. Okay. Yeah. Um, specifically, the message that old Raiden sent back to new Raiden was he must win. And new Raiden was like, what? Yeah. So it's actually like a way worse timeline for almost everyone. Oh no. Because Raiden just makes a shitload of mistakes. Oh. Yeah. Um, but for Serena, things actually don't change all that much. This, her story isn't super interesting in the new timeline, but at least you get to see how some things, uh, how she's always good at heart is what it tells me. So that's sweet. Yeah. So new timeline, same story. Bihan comes to the nether realm, changes her life forever, frees her from Quan Chi's grasp. But, in this timeline, Shinnok does not kill her. Instead, what she winds up doing is she remains in the Nether Realm, but decides to become a sort of double agent, okay. helping helping the good guys, informing them on Quan Chi and Shinnok's plans, mm-hmm. um, to try to make sure that Shinnok and Quan Chi can never attain power. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's tight. It's weird in that like, what that means is that 
basically cops from the U.S., like the U.S. Special Forces, barge into this realm all the time and just start shooting demons to death with machine guns. What? And saying like, "Don't ever come to Earth realm." So it's I, I like guess that's on the way to do it. Yeah, it's like one of those weird things. Where it's like on the one hand, Quan Chi's bad, and they shouldn't be allowed to ever come to Earth realm. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand. Oh, Earth shouldn't... That's just like what America does to other countries, but Earth does yeah. it to other dimensions now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's okay. It's uh, <laughs> Serena's not... It's not her choice. She's not making them do this. So she basically, like... In, she's an informant for them. She's like their agent in the nether realm. Yeah. And um, what kind of happens in this realm is that things go, like, way, way worse for all of the, like, heroes we know of from Earth mm-hmm. realm. Um, like Luke Kang, who's like the Luke Skywalker of like Mortal Kombat, um, he fully dies and like winds up becoming like the king of hell and like uh, Katana and like obviously Bihan, even Kwai Lang wind up dying in this timeline oh. and becoming revenants that serve Quan Chi. Oh, it's it's really gnarly. Um, and yes, and so Serena is working like around the clock to free them from Quan Chi's grasp. <laughs> She has to do so much more work now. She does, but she's kind of feeling more gratified in like what she does on a day-to-day basis. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so um, she's working to try to stop, to help free them from Quan Chi's enslavement. She's working with special forces. Um, it doesn't really work in that ultimately a lot of people wind up revenants permanently, but she mm. does free Kwai Lang. okay from their control indirectly but she does free him um and uh a sort of weird neutrality comes to the nether realm because quan chi's killed shinnok's killed the nether realm continues to exist and so they're not like super evil the people aren't like slaves anymore but Mm -hmm. they're also run by like Liu kang who was a hero from earth realm previously and definitely still resents um raiden and like (laughs) earth realm for letting things go this poorly (laughs) yeah um but all that said serena kind of doesn't have much involvement after that because they never made her a playable character in this new timeline and she doesn't like show up a lot so really like all of this information is in easter eggs yeah she's in like a she's actually briefly in a couple of cutscenes in mortal kombat 10 and then she's not in mortal kombat 11 except for this one weird like what if ending for like one character that's like in another timeline, she could have married this random guy who, like, is a former cop what? turned gangster named Cabal uh, from Earthrealm. And they what? don't, like, explain why or anything. It's just, like, it's, like, if you play as Cabal and you fight, like, through, like, the arcade ladder, yeah. it's, like, this would be his ending. He gets to live, like, with a wife in a, like, happy life. And they weirdly drew Serena as, like, his wife. So, I don't know. I guess, like, something, some weird shit That's would happen. That's out of character. No, uh, <laughs> but uh, ultimately, this entire new timeline gets erased at the end of the most recent Mortal Kombat game, because okay. like the God of Time is pissed that Raiden like went and made his own clandestine timeline, and oh, she okay. turns out she's also Shinnok's mom, so it's kind of personal for her. Damn. And then she like, and then Liu Kang defeats her because she brings a, a young Liu Kang into the present, and he beats her, and then he becomes the new person in charge of time ultimately what this means is yes wow (laughs) yeah ultimately what this means is 
the person in charge of creating the new timeline is a really good person who wants to see good people succeed. Well, fair, I guess. So one has to hope that in the future, in the world of Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat, good things will happen for Serena. Right, because she is trying her best. She's a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, did she just get really attached to the very first dude who like showed any kind of kindness <laughs> to her at nice all? To yes. Her. <laughs> yeah. And then the Honestly, second like, dude who was nice to her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um. <laughs> that one, it's like Patty Harrison and um. There's two, Kat Cohen, I think, and one other comedian. Their song that they were like, but he was nice to me. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. It's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, I have a question though. You said the like the Cruella de Vil hair is common in the Nether Realm. It's like a Nether Realm oh, thing. It's like a Brotherhood of Shadow thing. Oh, okay. And like it's like a marker just has for their the like gang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not everyone has it, but like enough people have it that it's clear that it's like a thing for them. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Google yeah, Quan Chi and he doesn't have any hair. Um yeah he's bald but he's got white skin he's like pale i guess yeah feels like a cop-out if you make everyone who follows you do that yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> i'm in the middle of Quan, she's kind of an asshole so Shinnok doesn't have hair either uh i don't know that we know what he has under his hat oh, just because he he's always wearing the helmet yeah and then he turns into like a monster so it's like he's not wearing any clothes then yeah is yeah. it really a is it a helmet or is it part of his head shinnok's hat thing yeah it's a hat yeah okay yeah i guess i'm pretty sure it is well just because like when he turns I'm, I'm just googling mr huh. now. just because when he turns into a demon it's like still part of his head shape and it's yeah. like fused into his head i guess i don't know yeah good question <laughs> i guess they would have had to like oh have it him looks hang- more like a hat earlier huh yeah I mean, because it was live action, so it was like literally a dude wearing like a hat when he first showed yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's Serena. She's great. Her story is very compelling. Isn't it? I think she's that's why she's so kind of stuck around for people, right. like, even though she's only been like a minor character in like a disliked game, and then was only <laughs> playable in like a Game Boy Advance spinoff of like yeah. the sixth Mortal Kombat game. And then Mortal Kombat Armageddon, which literally had every single character who had ever fought ever in any Mortal Kombat (laughs) game in it. Like, had 70 playable characters or something. Jesus. Yeah. But, Um, like, people keep asking for her to be in the games? mm Mm-hmm. People like her. I guess. I'll also say there's, like, kind of a weird pervy thing with Mortal Kombat fandom where it's, like, they're always, like, I want Melina. She wears the least clothes and you have to put her in the game. But it's it's like the line's blurry because also historically, like, the women in Mortal Kombat are the most fun to play hmm, yeah. a lot of the time. It's like so, it's a mixed it's bl- curses and blessings. Yeah. The fan art definitely tells you what it's about for some people. Mm-hmm. So I'm forced to assume that for a lot of them, it's like, I like Serena. She's hot and I want to see her more. And then right. for other people, it's like, she is a really cool story. I want the demon lady back in the game. Yeah. But I like her. I like her, and I was glad to uh, to get to tell you her story. Do you have any final Serena thoughts? I'm trying to f- figure out, find out what her demon form looks like, but that... Oh, there's isn't... no, like... You never see it. It never, like, oh. happens. That was all, like, deep lore. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah. Like, how does this show up? Just like in, like you find a oh, scroll boy. and you read the history or whatever. Let's see. Uh, she's in the full motion video cutscenes in Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero. <laughs> then I think her name is like invoked in a couple of like probably arcade ladder endings, which are usually like only probably canon. And um, that the, the, and that's when they just talk about characters and they're like, "Uh, this happened." Yeah. 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 Okay. Then uh, she probably made it into a comic or two. Then there were a couple of Mortal Kombat games that had like weird light action RPG story modes in mm-hmm. like the Xbox 360 era. Or no, <laughs> like the Xbox, like regular Xbox era. Okay. Um, And she'd pop up, it, like you'd be able to see, like you'd be able to talk to like hundreds of characters with like two lines of dialogue. Uh-huh. And so, like, you could run up to Serena, who would be like, I've been here in the Nether Realm serving Quan Chi <laughs> after being brainwashed. Now fight me. And, like... Sure, of course. Yeah. Now um, fight me. <laughs> yeah. And then she did make it into, like, cutscenes again in, like, the second-to-last Mortal Kombat game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to answer your question, a little bit of everything. All right. And then psychopaths like me kind of string them together for stuff like this. No, I love that. That's mm-hmm. that's how you know. That's Amore. This is why I love Mortal Kombat, though. I was able to tell you a pretty coherent arc for this character. Yeah, I would who... never... If you had told me the story first, I would never have been able to tell that she was only in two games and yeah. just in... And neither of them have story modes in them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty wild. I do encourage you to go on YouTube and search um, Serena Mortal Kombat Mythologies and, and watch some of the cutscenes. Oh, <gasps> okay. I'm pulling yeah. up a tab now so I don't forget to yeah, do that. Yeah, like not right now, but like definitely after we're done recording. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, that's so funny. Yeah. Do people like get really into the, like how, what is the um, division in the fandom of people who are like, I just want to fight and people who are like, I just want to learn more about my favorite characters? I think that more than probably any other fighting game, Mortal Kombat is a pretty dedicated fan base when it comes to story. And I think the best indication of that is that if you play the most recent Mortal Kombat game, it has a dedicated story mode and there are hours of cutscenes of unbelievably well-produced cutscenes. Like playing through the story mode of Mortal Kombat 11, which came out like uh, end of last year, I think. Yeah, it was pretty recent. Yeah. Um... If you play through that story mode, it's like playing through Avengers Endgame. It's, Damn, okay. I'm serious. It's like huge budget story, remixing pieces of the storyline from 27 years of lore and like still kind of approachable for someone who doesn't know anything. Okay. Um, It's fascinating. That's cool. So I would say that that is a pretty g- good indication that, yeah, people really care about the storyline in these games. <laughs> Yeah. But it's so that's, good. How could you not? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, Based on I had, what I now know about Serena. Yeah. And that's like the least developed character. Um, <laughs> I've had uh, the co-creator of Mortal Kombat on the show before, John <gasps> Tobias, yeah, who, yeah. Was, who was like the guy that really created the story of Mortal Kombat and like the backstories mm-hmm. for these characters. And he said from the very beginning, from like that first arcade game where you had like two pages of like giant font 
telling you like, here's kind of the story of this game. It's a fighting uh-huh. tournament. From the very beginning, he was like, I want to make something that's like everything I love about Star Wars wow. mixed with everything I love about like Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movies. Wow. And so that's the that was the intention from the very beginning. So it makes mm-hmm. sense to me that it kind of evolved into this. Yeah. Yeah. Like back then, Star Wars style, he was just dropping words like Emperor Shao Kahn, but that character wasn't <laughs> in the game, or like the realms, and like you didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And so people got obsessed with it, and then you dive in, like the prequels kind of started to explain stuff, like game mm-hmm. by game, as the next generation of like people took over these games and started writing these stories, but were fans mm-hmm. before it, it kind of like evolved off of that. Is he still super involved in the creation of new stories? No, it was really fascinating talking to him because he was like, yeah, a lot of this stuff is all new to me. And it's like interesting ways that people are extrapolating on things that like, that's not quite what I was going to do. Right. But he stopped after the game where Serena was introduced. So he actually did create Serena. And that was like one of the last things he did in Mortal Kombat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What an honor. Yeah. But I guess I would also say maybe that speaks to why she is such a great and compelling character because mm-hmm. he like did make mortal Kombat mythology sub-zero and so the guy who cared the most about story around that time was like i'm giving her a lot to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool yeah um any last thoughts before we reach the final segment of our show i know so much more now and i'm so grateful i'm glad to hear that i guess you are probably now prepared for choose your destiny segment of the show in which i ask you karen if you were to make your own character in the mortal Kombat universe if you were to be someone in the mortal Kombat universe if karen han was a centaur a demon a human a ninja uh, a demigod in the world of mortal Kombat, who would she be hmm I feel like I would want to be one of the one of the demigods, one of the people who rounds up people to go fight. So just Cause God. I, yeah, because I don't personally really want to fight, but I like to manage group projects, uh, and I'm usually the one to um, rally all my friends for trips and stuff. I love okay, to so organize and be the group dad. I think that would suit you. So you would be a god. You'd be a defender of a realm. Mm-hmm. What's a realm that Karen Han would be a defender of? the character actor realm (laughs) everyone there is over 45 years old (laughs) and nobody can think of their name immediately and has to name three movies first so from birth these men (laughs) and women and these people they 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 appear middle-aged they are a humble people it doesn't even matter whether or not other realms like the like the outer realm, yeah, but the outer realm rather. Or I guess rather, are you asking like, are you, are you suggesting that as a god, you've got a realm you're protecting, but you're more interested in traveling to other realms and kidnapping their character actors and bringing them to your realm? Yes. Phenomenal. All right, so. Mortal Kombat <laughs> tournaments coming up. Shao Kahn wants to conquer the character actor realm, which you have created truly and become the <laughs> god of. Who, who, who are the eight people that you assemble to be the, the fighting team that will defend the character actor realm from being conquered? Eight people? Eight people. 
Um, let's see. Uh, I would send I, I, Song Kang Ho. I don't okay. know if you'd necessarily call him a character actor, but I feel like a lot of his roles kind of fall into slightly a weirder. He's like one uh, of those like leading man character actors. Yeah. 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 I would pick him. I would pick uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Mm. I would pick. Um, uh, Let's make it five. Shoot. Eight's way too many. Keith David. Okay. I'd pick him. I would pick. Uh, Mathieu Amalric, the French actor. Oh, got to get Mathieu Amalric in there. For for the eye power alone. Sure. His weird little eyes, and yeah. I would pick. I'm trying to think who my most recent like hyperfixation is, but I don't. Mm. Uh, uh, Eddie Marson. I'd put Eddie Marson on that team. Okay. Who dies in this tournament, and who winds up becoming the champion of Mortal Kombat? Um. This is uh, the best game of fuck Mary kill you're ever gonna play. This, yeah. <laughs> Um, only only one will survive, right? Well, no, no. There, more, more than one can survive. But only I guess one will be champion. I'm asking you to pick someone to die tragically and then somebody to gain immortality and become the champion of Mortal Kombat. Okay. Um, I would like Son Gungo to be the champion of Mortal Kombat. I feel like that would be cool. Me too. It's a good answer. <laughs> Uh, I think Eddie Marzen would die. I wouldn't. I don't want him to, but he would die. Yeah. R.I.P. Eddie Marzen. I really want to see that Mortal Kombat movie. I want to see it so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy's Ball also on the list, though. Someone I was just thinking of. Oh yeah. Oh man. I would love to see Timothy Spallmutter fatality as he slits somebody's throat. We're printing money right now. We really are. We're leaving it just on the floor. Yeah. Larry Kasanoff, where are you? Let's do this. We have we have so many ideas. <laughs> uh, uh, well, this is the best time I've ever had. Me too. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, do you see yourself taking a new approach to Mortal Kombat? Are you are you going to wind up playing one of the games? Are you going to be watching some YouTube videos tonight? I'm, I mean, I'm definitely more interested now. In I'm definitely going to watch the Serena videos. Um, I am currently playing Ghost of Tsushima, so I will. Uh, and I, I can really, <laughs> I can really only play one game at a time, so I would need to finish yeah. that before I played a Mortal Kombat game. Um, but I'm definitely now more interested in it than I was before because my p- previous um, conception of what it was was like just fighting like Soul Calibur or something like that. Um, no, it's a soap opera that has fighting in it. I love that. I love yeah. that. So maybe I will play the most recent uh, Mortal Kombat. It's it's on PS4, right? It's on PS4. I'm pretty sure it's like super cheap right now because they released like a, an expansion that was like a whole oh. other story mode. What? They legit. So there's like a huge story mode in the actual game. And then they released like another 10 hour story campaign. That's like a. That's nuts. It's sort of like a remixing other things in a fun way that plays uh-huh. with what you know. It actually feels like extremely similar to the plot of Avengers Endgame. What was written, <laughs> but really was written funny. before Endgame came out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Avengers Endgame is a ripoff of Mortal Kombat. Well, I've been saying this for years. You just walked into like <laughs> basically the catchphrase of this podcast. 
pointing out all the many, many things that have ripped off Mortal Kombat in the past. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Karen, it's a pleasure having you. Uh, this is so fun. Thank you so much. Um, I look forward to uh, checking up on your your mortal your ongoing Mortal Kombat education as time goes on. <laughs> um, I hope that our Mortal Kombat character actor movie gets made. Me too. <laughs> we can pitch uh, it under a different franchise. We'll just say like there is a giant fighting tournament occurring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be tied to an IP, so we don't yeah. have to get the rights. Yeah, it's called Mortal Kombat with a C. <laughs> Mortal Combo. <laughs> Mortal Combo. Uh, if people want more Karen Han in their lives, which of course they do, where can they find you? And you got anything exciting coming up to plug? Uh, I You can find me on Twitter at Karen Y. Han, uh, because Karen Han was taken. Um, you can find me more officially, I guess, on my website, which is KarenHan.org. Uh, I don't have anything to plug at the moment, uh, but if I ever do, you will see me tweeting about it. Great. Good answer. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Karen. Thank you, listeners, for listening. And as always, finish him. (laughs) Nice.